welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by the Florida Surf Film Festival and Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation, with additional support from Monster Energy, Rourke, Globe Footwear, Sunbum, Yeti, and the lawyer dude, Josh Wagner. I'm your host, John Brooks, and with me, as always, is co-host Kevin Miller. What's up, Kev? Caffeinated. Yeah. And we got nice. two Floridians in a row on our podcast. I know. We're taking over. Yeah. That's kind of nice. It's like... The uh, Surfing's Evolution and Preservation Foundation is a Florida thing. If you get a, uh, if you're getting a new license plate, you can sign up for their uh, endless summer license plate, and they'll give you the the beautiful, you know, yellow and and gold sort of like reddish hue with a surfer holding a board. It says endless summer on the bottom. Um, you know, what better way to support all things surf in Florida? Yeah, it's like ten or fifteen bucks. I can't remember, but it's yeah. it's nominal cost, and all that money goes to an organization that then distributes that money to other nonprofit organizations that preserve the coastline, protect waves, um, curate surfing's future. Uh, Easy investment. Work at uh, preserving the past. So, yeah. And you get to hear you and me like, go on and on about how great these Florida surfers are. That's right. And that's more. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, we first got introduced to our next guest, Justin Purser, back in 2019. Um, it was, you know, it was more like 2017 because they uh, move that target date constantly. When, when, whenever right. these documentary right. filmmakers think the, the story is over, something happens. And, sure. you know, it happens all the time where we think we're going to show Jamie Brizick's Westerly <laughs> yeah. in 2017. And then Peter Druin becomes back, you know, a long story. We'll let that movie tell you about it yeah. when we get it in 2029. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, we... Officially, we met in person, Justin Purser, in 2019 when we showed the wonderful uh, Hobgood Brothers documentary and Two If By Sea that he directed and produced. And uh, it Quality was movie. just phenomenal. Ta- uh, Daniel Tosh on, uh, yeah, on, on the narration. On the narration, which yeah. good, good, good sense of humor. C- captured the Hobgood Brothers like kind of idyllically. Like, I, I don't know. You had all of the ugly on the screen, too, that goes into being a tour surfer, having a family life, struggling through all of the drama that goes with that. And, uh, you know, they didn't hold back. Yeah. That was one of the things that Justin talks about is not wanting to tell the the glossy story necessarily. It's like, why would I bother? I think if I remember correctly, in the Q&A after the film, we talked about the vulnerability that the the brothers allowed. We did to happen on screen and that's that's an amazing thing because i mean not just brothers but twins no kidding like that yeah there's a, a whole lot to unpack there and his movie does it beautifully and uh yeah we're stoked to talk to justin about his early beginnings and uh how he got started along uh side guys like dick meserol and tom dugan at esm yeah and uh we talk wave pools for a little bit yeah taylor Steele. yeah did some work with taylor and uh, then he started directing music videos for Beyonce and shit like that. So. This, is, this is one of my favorite <laughs> podcasts. It, it has really no agenda. I mean, it's, it's a very loose conversation. We get to some really good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just really happy Justin took the time to join us. Absolutely. Enjoy our chat with Justin. I mean, I'm just, yeah. like you said, I'm a fan of Danny McBride, but in general we're missing good comedies these days and mm-hmm. i feel uh like a lot of people that, uh, everybody's afraid to be funny right yeah i mean i look yes. back at some of the funny things like danny mcbride and uh land of the lost for example which is yeah. you have kids 
Justin? Yes, I did. Okay, yes. so my kids just turned seven and nine, and that yep. movie came onto my radar with my older kids. Um, uh-huh. You know, they're 24, 25, whatever. We watched it when it came out, and it was way better than the, you know, the tomatoes and all the critics. It, I thought it, I thought it was one of those, like, movies that was way funnier than it got credit for. The map, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that was really, yeah, it did. It kind of, like, it's one of those ones that I always tell people and, and I'm sure you could attest to this as well. I'm like, the one thing you can't plan for any movie is timing. You can try yeah, your best. Right. You, you set it up, but you don't. And, and there's been some really great films, you know, surfing films and just actual films that have come out that just didn't get, um, they were great movies. They just didn't get the the love and the attention. And then there's films that have come out that have not been so good, but for, <laughs> they were just the right time, right place, right time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get, you know, so you can do your best. And, you know, um, I mean, I, even with N2, if I see, you know, we did really great domestically. We were like tracking higher than we we're ever supposed to track and doing better. And then the pandemic happened. Mm. And right at that moment, we were like, we had all this international, we we're about to go huge international. We had this like full European tour set up. Oh, wow. This company was going to do like, they were going to spend like 200 grand on marketing. And like, Jeez. we were playing all these, these like theaters all over Europe, which I, they reached out to us. I was like, I never heard of this. Then we had a huge Australia tour set up. And then we were also going to be part of the Olympics because we were the film that explains yeah. pro surfing. Yeah. Um, so we were we were in talks to play like in like yeah like I think Ty, yeah Taiwan at the Olympics all Australia all over Europe and then I tell people like actually I, the day before the lockdowns in Los Angeles happened like I I had just flown back because I, I I went to Costa Rica um, for to sh- do a film festival there that as I landed got shut down mm, and uh, I know that one I programmed that festival I programmed the movie for it oh Tamarindo Tamarindo yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Which was great. He's great. Like, yeah, that, that was amazing. Jerry I mean, they Hirsch. were super sweet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, you know, I tell people it was like, it was like Avengers Infinity War when everyone turned to dust. It was like, <laughs> yeah. that's literally what happened with all that international, like, stuff. Just like, boom, boom, <sighs> boom. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's got to be hard for uh, some, you know, for somebody who put so much time and effort and money into a program and, and watch it all that it, uh, you weren't the only one obviously a lot of people saw um, a, a rapid change in the whole landscape of theatrical releases and yeah geez, it's just been a crazy five years for you guys yeah um, yeah even you know i was we were fortunate enough to do to get our movie out before i mean obviously no one knew you know anything any of that was going to happen yeah. but um I, the people that came out like during that had to do like virtual sundance and virtual film oh, festival, yeah. like no one's showing up for that, you know, like, it's just, I, I'm like, it's just, you know, you're just like, it's, it, I felt bad for those people because I know how much work they put in. Yeah. Sundance know, and, got really yeah. screwed on that. They yeah. had to cancel January 21 uh, and 22 because there was a Delta yeah. variant thing and all the flights were shutting down and nobody could get anywhere. It's like, yeah. they, they got, they got, oh, that was horrible for them. But the, you know, yeah, they're, they're it was almost worse for them because it was supposed to be in, in person and then it got rerouted and it was like, you were like, ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. And especially in knowing what happened the prior year. Yeah. Uh, it's again, that's the timing. You just can't, you yeah. can do the best you can, but you can't account for all of it. Yeah. The other thoughts I have on timing are, I think Danny Darko or Donnie Darko came out in September of 2001, right after 9-11. Yeah. And there was a plane crash, right? Like a yeah. plane engine comes exactly through or whatever. Yeah. That was a uh, bad timing. And then there's uh, yeah. Well, I think Land of the Lost is a good example. Came out right in the middle of the real estate crisis, you know, 2009, 2008. Yeah. And, 
Um, well, you know, I don't expect everybody to enjoy that sense of humor. I'll just, I'll bring it back to that Danny McBride sense of humor where not everything in that movie is even jokeable today. Like he was, yeah, he had a joke about uh, building a casino in the desert and it had like a Cleveland Indians logo on it. And you can't do, mm, you know, yeah. you wouldn't want to shy away from a lot of the, just the jokes anymore that aren't, yeah, really only comedians, stand up comedians can tell the truth now. And, uh, yeah. and do it in a way that's, um, you know, and, and it sounds like it's underground, but go to the comedy cellar and you're going to catch the most up-to-date comedy in yeah. the United States, in New York City right now, because they will not hold back at the comedy cellar. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've been to a couple of shows at Laugh Factory here in Los Angeles. And uh, I was, I was wondering, you know, I was like, are they, you know, yeah. they going to pull the punches? And they did. They did not. Yeah. I actually, I think one of the ones I saw last was Bill Burr hopped up. Okay. And uh, he was, he just showed up and, and did it. And yeah, he did not pull punches. Um, and, and you know, what's funny is I think even with this film I'm pitching that I mentioned to you guys, like um, it's, 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 we're going to try to definitely bring some humor into it that probably people don't necessarily want or trying to right now, but everyone's been really responsive and everyone's been like, yeah, yeah we, we want to do that. So I feel like there is going to be a pushback and sense of like, you know, like we're going to go back to some comedy because it does really, it actually does really well. And it's been, a, like you mentioned, it's been a long time since we've had like real comedies, you know, in theaters or even, you know, online. They've been like romantic comedies and stuff, but nothing like, you know, where you're just yeah. dropping dead laughing in the theater and then having to tell your friends they got to go see it, you know? Yeah. yeah. The Wedding Crashers, Tropic Thunders, oh, the, you know, yeah. all, the, all the good oh, Wedding stuff. Crashers. Yeah. Wedding Crashers. I've read the script of Wedding Crashers like five or six times just because it is, it's so quintessential to me as a film. It's like funny. It's endearing. It like pulls all the heartstrings and it's just, the script is so well done. Like it okay. is just so well done. And reading the script, it's like, they didn't really deviate. Um, you know, obviously Vince Vaughn and, you know, they did some, some improv, but a lot of it is straight off the script. So straight off the page. So yeah, that's a great, that's a great film. You, do you want to hear any lines from the movie right now? Because I'm pretty sure John has <laughs> half of them. Okay. John, you like that one? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, that's a great yeah. one. I do too. Yeah. I'm hearing the trenches taking grenades. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man, that's a good one. I'm, All taking, right, well. I'm taking the painting, Todd. It's, it was a gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Hope you crush your bike and break out your two front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, and how bad did you like? You hated uh, Sack, um, Bradley Cooper. Uh, yeah, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Hated him. Hated. Yeah. He was so good. You just like he just like every time he's on screen, I'm just cringing. I'm just like, you know, like oh, I just hate. I want to punch this guy in the face so bad. That's how good of an actor he is. You're like, this is he's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. was a, a hireable guy after that movie. Got a lot of offers. I bet. Yeah. I know, actually, you know, Kevin, we were talking, it's a totally different subject, but it just popped in my brain. Um, you know, we're talking about like wave pool stuff on email yeah. the other day. And uh, and then Palm Springs Surf Club, did you see that? Shut yeah, down indefinitely. We, yeah. got, we got the 911, sorry, the 411, 911 slash 411 yesterday. <laughs> I got it from the, uh, from some, from, from some folks who know what's going on with it. And it yeah. is likely going to be a february shutdown as well they well yeah they announced it's going to be closed through february they've yeah. got some um issues with the mechanics that are uh not they can't sustain the a number of repairs they're going to have to so they're going to have to re-engineer a certain part of that mechanics i hear um 
and, wow. and 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 that's kind of what David Scales or Chaz put out there. Tom Tom Lochtefeld actually put it out there himself. Yeah. So it yeah. should be back open in March. They they're going to extend the beach too um, to make it oh, a little good. longer for the beginners. And yeah, I think that they're all bummed that that's the way it went. And uh, yeah, I wish them luck because it seems to me I love Tom Lochtefeld. He he seems to be the uh, the one who really has um, an idea on how to make a, a wave pool uh, the most versatile it can be and the most mm-hmm. high performance it can be as well as the most fun it can be for beginners and so forth. So I'm as excited. Well yeah. Profitable. Yeah. yeah. And profitable. Cause I don't think, you know, it has, has to be a component of it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I, um, yeah, that's great to hear. Cause it said indefinitely. And I was like, you know, I did hear during that, that Grom fest. That was uh, Charlie's had- clickbait word, by the way, indefinite. I think, I don't think the announcement yeah. said indefinite, but he fully. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, I did hear like during the Grom fest thing, like they had to make the waves smaller because they're having some structural issues or damages that were happening. And then I saw that and I was like, yeah, like, um, I, you know, I, I've talked to those guys a few times during the process and you know, the, when they previously opened and they just used the wet and wild pool, you know, they were telling me they, uh, it was, they had like a menu where you could get in the pool and you could say like, you know, send me that, that lowers left, yeah. um, yep. you know, or like send me that Rocky point, right. And like, they could literally press a button and that would be the way. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. That's great. That's something that doesn't happen exist right now. in any of the way pools and for a contest that could be way more exciting than just, you know, yeah. the same way over and over I know. and over again. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like in a contest, if everybody got like, you get two lowers lefts and you get two yep. Rocky point rights. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's just something to switch it up. Cause I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the beauty of the ocean. I got a cat climbing behind me. Yeah. Um, it's the beauty of the ocean is, you know, like, you know, you don't, they, it's always a difference. Even it's the same wave. It's always a little different. So, yeah. you know, that's, I think the problem with the, the contest at the surf ranch, it's like, it's, it just gets kind of so boring and repetitive. Cause you're like, it's the same thing over and over and over and over again, you know? They're so. all going to figure it out by the time we're dead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Which is so, I'm like, I'm like, oh man, if this was when I was a kid, because I, I, I was one of the first people ever to go into Typhoon Lagoon. Nice. Um, no way. I never forget. I remember uh, Kelly Slater called me and he was like, hey, um, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to Orlando to the wave pool. And I was like, I know. I was like to Disney. I was like, what? And uh, I ended up going over there with him and Matt Keckley and they had, they had paid off a lifeguard that they heard was running it after hours. They had met someone had met someone that surfed over there. And like one of the lifeguards was like, so they paid him like a couple hundred bucks to keep it open. And I was like, I remember I like, you know, I was like videoing or whatever. And I was like, I remember like, I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> yeah, life. Like, it was at cool. night in that pool. Like these guys are surfing and like, they let me get a couple waves. I was like, I was like from day one, I was like, this is, this, this, I was hooked. So I think about it now. I'm like, man, like, these kids nowadays, if when this all this, you know, as it starts to boom up, it's it's going to be, you know, it's going to be amazing that, you know, I, you know, I, I've, I've been to, I've been to Waco. Have you guys, have you guys done any of that? I haven't been to Waco neither, yet. No. Neither of us have. We, we've only been to Typhoon Lagoon. Typhoon Lagoon? Yeah. So you guys got to go to Waco. Like you should, it's, okay. it's the, like, that's all I want to do now for a surf trip. Like I'm like, go, <laughs> I, just go to Waco. It. Cause like I'm guaranteed surf. Yep. I know I'm going to get X amount of waves. They're going to be, and they're going to be good. They're, I know this. I know the wave. It's like, yeah. you're not worried about tide. You're not worried about locals. You know, like 
you can you're gonna go have some great barbecue they're, they're playing music in the stereo like Unreal. i got out like at one point and and drank a beer after my wave and you know went back out it was like, <laughs> like there's no sharks there's no like you know like i'm like you know I, I'm, to me, that's just like, get me in, get me out, give me some great waves and I'm good. And you're going to like, it'll be, you'll leave there thinking you're, you're back. You'd be like, I'm ready to, I can like make the tour. Because you get so good. <laughs> that's classic. That's yeah. You I surf felt. the best because it's the same wave every time. So you're like, you get it. Right. So um, it's so much fun. So I'm, yeah, I'm uh, like, I keep, I, I think I was mentioning to you, like I, I really, um, I, I really want to be involved with the wave. Pool. I keep saying, I really, what I want to become I want to become the Walt Disney of wave pools. That's what that's what I want my title to be. Nice. I want to be the Walt Disney. I want to help design all the like things around the wave pool, like the entertainment, yeah, and, like you know all that. Like because I feel like so that's obviously to think about. Yeah, it's a huge sustainable piece of anyone opening these. I go to that wave pool conference in San Diego every year. Yeah, and talk to everybody and and just and see what's happening. And there's some someone has one in, in their backyard somewhere from the Northeast in Connecticut. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw yeah. footage of that. Yep, I saw the footage too. Yeah, they showed it at the in San Diego, and I remember like I was CJ and Damien and I we were yelling, we're like, "Drop a pin, yeah. drop a pin!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell it's us like, where that thing is. We'll go knock on the door. <laughs> there's like ten members. I don't know. Anyway, long story short is the uh, the future is bright, and uh, two to three turns would be fine with me. I would be fine with a little sneaky barrel, and then a two, couple yeah. turns, one turn. Um, yeah, because it, uh, if I'm being honest, like. 85% of the waves that I see come through the, uh, you know, the, the wave pool at Palm Springs are better than what I'm surfing out back in the condo in New Smyrna beach. Oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I know there's rumors of some being, I think there's even one being supposedly built in New Smyrna. Oh um, well, yeah. I know one it's in moved, Orlando somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's moved down now to Edgewater potentially Edgewater. just the next town okay. South, but it's still, still a lot of hurdles. I, I've yeah. heard it's uh, they're still seeking capital. Yeah, to complete yeah. that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I learned. I think you know um, what his he works with American Wave Machine. He actually lives in Mike Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like a three hour conversation with Mike Lopez at one of these events about all kinds of stuff, and he told me something very prolific. He was like, because I was like, what about the you know what about desert surf? What about? And he's like, he's like Justin. Until they have shovels in the ground, it's not real. Yeah. He's like. They have to until they're digging. It's all just like you know, announcing and trying to raise capital and and and, and you know, coming over in government and environmental hurdles. Like he's like, until they're actually digging, you know, it's like it's not real. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because they announce so many and then you never hear anything. Every every guy's wanted to build a wave pool, gotten down the line, including me with uh, Ron John, and that yeah. that story's been told on our podcast with Jamie Meiselman and Tom Lachtefeld. Um, But yeah, the idea of uh getting excited about it is now um well yeah i've been burned and like you know mike lopez too he's he thought he would be done with this wave pool a year and a half ago you know and so yeah i remember that's what he said yeah he's he's 100 um in you know in my boat now like yeah i'll believe it when i see it with my own eyes and and he's actually trying to build it right now so yeah you have to be optimistic but you also have to be Ooh, man, Realistic. It's, a, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. To get those things done. And, uh, a lot of water moving around. Nature is not something that's easily maneuvered. It's you're hundred percent right. Yeah. I feel like once they get a few more going, then in the process will be easier. Cause then there's like a blueprint, yes. you know, cause a lot of it is, you know, government, they don't know how to regulate it. Cause it's not, you know, it's not a pool. 
yeah. it's not a skate park, but it's like, you know, what is this? What are the, you know, what's the, how's the insurance work? Like, how does the, you know, what kind of environmental damages does it cause? Does it cause any, like, you know, water um, table so I feel like, in yeah, Florida is but, hard. You know, the water table in Florida is very shallow. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a guy out in um, Lake County or it's, it's, yep, it's I met him. did you meet Tony Miller? Yep. Yeah. Tony, great guy. He came to our yeah. festival last time and he's trying to do a, a surf lakes, you know, the one in Melbourne, Australia, yep. the, and, uh, that thing looks like a really doable concept, but it's like $85 million starting. Yeah. It's yeah. So expensive. Yeah. I talked to the surf lakes guy too. I've, I've like I said, I've, my goal is to be the Walt Disney of, of wave pools. So I've been mm-hmm. talking to everybody. I talked to him and yeah, their model is it's, it's, it's the simplest mechanics. So it's the most durable, less likely to break down. Okay. Um, the, it's just a giant plunger. They just they just pull it up, let it go, pull oh. it up, let it go. Um, and yeah, it's uh, that wave and that wave looks fun. But I've had people tell me that that's the like almost the most dangerous wave um, of all of them. Okay. Uh, like yeah, to surf or whatever. And I, I know Surf Ranch is. I, I almost went a few years ago. I ended up twisting my ankle, and I didn't want to pay money to try to surf on a twisted oh, ankle up there. Yeah, but uh, cause I've heard it's very difficult and I've heard it's pretty um, like even the, the, the pros, that's one of the reasons they don't want to have the contest there is like, cause they have to, they have to go for it. And they're like, someone's going to get hurt, like right. going for this there. Like, cause it's really shallow yeah. and it's really tough to surf. So yeah. Yeah. Charlie um, dislocated his shoulder on his first wave. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. That totally that's, sucks. That would suck to be there and do that. And then you're like, you can't yeah. Yeah, yeah wow now i'm just in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah. That's right. yeah that's the other thing with it too like i mean i originally that was originally supposed to be just for like you know pr- proof of point proof of process of concept yeah. and uh and then but then they just opened it and kept it going but yeah it literally is in the middle of nowhere yeah like there's nothing around to do yeah it's like which is funny to me because i'm always like that's always the like the part of like the surf trip where like it's it's kind of cool but it's kind of bad where you go to like the place and there's nothing around there's nowhere to go there's no restaurants there's nowhere to stay I'm like well, couldn't we like made this you know like yeah. this is like can we take that part out of it you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's kind of why I do like Waco because it's not a big town by any means exactly. but there is like some good barbecue and there's totally. bars and it's yeah you're in Texas you know you're not like in a third world country you're not trying to like you know, figure out currency swapping and all that stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. You got Chip and Joanna yeah. Gaines. Yeah. 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 You got, yeah, you got Mac- oh, yeah. <laughs> if anybody's going to yeah. get hurt at a wave pool, it's going to be me. That's, that's also part of my, <laughs> I, John's laughing. But I ever, like I would say seven out of eight was our trips that we've been on. I've had an, uh, like a trip ending injury on, <laughs> not like bad, bad, but like, you know, right. yeah, there goes the, yeah. the quad muscle. I'm not surfing anymore from, and yeah. it's usually like six or eight days into the trip, but yeah, but my knee, my quad, I don't know. It's been shoulder. It's just, my eyes, I'm getting, my, my eyes are sunburned. My <laughs> eyes get, Oh, I always fry my eyes. I have these like, whatever. I don't know what the, my DNA is, but three days into every surf trip, my eyes are fried. I have to take a day off painkillers at church just to fall asleep because they're just oh. well i can't open them i can't close them without scorching pain and uh it's hilarious <laughs> it is not it's, it's, it sucks so bad but like I, i've heard things about you know lenses that you can wear to block the uv rays and you know contact lenses and stuff like that but yeah whatever dna hand i got dealt it was uh don't surf more than two days in a row and then on the third day you shall rest <laughs> yeah yeah, that's, you know, that's funny you bring that up because that's another part of like surfing and taking surf trips that people don't ever think about. But like, 
you know, it can be really dangerous, especially when you're going to, you know, some of these dangerous, some of these waves are, they look amazing on, you know, like you watch them on Instagram, you watch them on, you know, uh, you know, whatever YouTube and they're like, Oh, it's so fun. And then you actually see some of these waves in real life and you're like, this wave is, it's, it's dangerous. And, yeah. and then you can get really hurt. And then yeah, like sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere, you're on a boat somewhere, you know, like, oh, yeah. um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's like, I think people don't really factor that in when they take surf trips. They just, they just think they're going to go surf these fun waves, but then, but then it goes back to the point of like, you know, yeah, you're paying to be there. You're paying there to, to be there to surf. And you can't surf, you know, so yeah. Yeah, there's certain yeah. things you can surf through and certain things you can't. John's stitching people up on, he used to be a medic at, uh, yeah. in Kandui and like the, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is if you get stitched up and it's on your arm or your lower back or whatever, you're back in the water in a day, maybe, maybe same, even on the same forehead, day. Same, same day. day. Yeah. It's just. But if you blow your knee out, if you blow a calf muscle, if you, you know, yeah. twist, like you said, twist an ankle. It's, or it's or no st- stitches on the bottom of your foot. Yeah, that's then, no then fun. Then you're done, you know. Yeah. And, and then I always tell people, um, it's probably not the injury that's going to end your trip. It's the fact that you don't take care of it, keep it clean. And then the infection that results three days later, yeah. that's going to end your trip. Not only end your trip, but now we're talking about, you know, medevacking you out. Scrub it, kook. 103 yeah. fever and you know then it becomes significant yeah. and and you know can be life uh altering <laughs> yeah i mean that that's that's what like part of the you know the end of an two if i see when we shot it at g land yeah. you know yeah. that scene looks it looks so much fun right you're like whoa that's so much fun but i can tell you it was not fun at all <laughs> literally those two guys were the only guys surfing yeah the rest of everybody on the island was in the channel watching because guys were getting like destroyed like there was like we were shooting and like there's a guy that like we heard some screams we ran to the water this guy comes up and he's like holding on to his board you know it's a really long reef in like to get even from the wave and he like and he's like i need help and so we like grab him we bring him up we lay him on a chair and he's like you could tell he's something wrong with his like his lower body and he like he's like he's like my board he was this australian guy he's like my board flipped up and it hit me right in the nuts. He's like, oh. and so, and he's like, he's like, but he's just, he's messed up. Like he is messed up. And so we're all like, I don't, but I didn't see any blood. There's no blood. So I was just like, and then, so, you know, I'm like, I don't want to look like I, I can't. <laughs> so this other guy looks and he's totally fine there. And then as, as we're, as we're like trying to figure out what's wrong with this guy, cause he's screaming in pain. This other guy walks up his friend. He's like, mate, he's like, he didn't get hit in the nuts. He's like, I watched the lip come down on his, on his pelvis and his leg shot up the other way. Oh. So what happened was is the, oh. the lip of the wave clipped him and broke his pelvis. Oh. Um, that's what it was. He just didn't know where the pain was. It wasn't yeah. his board. God. They call yeah. that a and butterfly then, fracture. Yep. And they had to, your pelvis um, just opens up like a butterfly wing. Yeah, you you know, because yep. you were med- fireman and medic. Yeah, it was that like, that's how pain. powerful <laughs> that wave was. Yeah, yeah. Holy that's how powerful shit. that wave was. And it was like, and then another guy comes in, he's got coral sticking out of his head. Yeah. And he's like, can you pull this out? I'm like, I, I can't pull it out. I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to pull it out in blood. Just, you know, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know how deep that is in your head. So yeah, people were just getting like, and other guys were getting annihilated left and right. But on, on you, when you watch it, you're like, that looks like so much fun. I'm like, that was not fun. <laughs> it was that, fun for those guys. Cause they know what they're doing, but everybody else was getting like just leveled. So um, yeah, yeah. They actually had to medevac that guy out that night. The guy with his hip. Yeah. Um, I heard the helicopter at like six o'clock in the morning that came from Bali or whatever to get him out because 
yeah, they must have called it because I guess he was doing so bad they had to get him out. So yeah, well, most of the places now, especially out in the Mentalize and other places, are starting to do it too. Um, if you sign up to go on like a charter boat or go stay at a surf camp, they require you to have evacuation insurance up to a million dollars. Oh wow, that's actually smart. It is, and and yeah. like like Kevin was saying, I I was a medic at Candoe Villas for a number of years, and that's becoming more and more prevalent and it's actually like a sneaky little retirement plan like for firefighters when you're done in the fire service it's like because more and more people go on these trips and and they are they're unaware and so then when the injuries do happen and they do happen then they immediately they want to turn around and hold someone responsible so the guys that own the camps and own the boats are like hey you got to have some proof of insurance here because we're not you know you're not going to sue me and take my boat because you got hurt um, yeah, so it is, yeah. be- it is becoming more prevalent. And then uh, there's an organization called the Bragg Institute, Big Wave mm-hmm. Risk Assessment Group. And yep. uh, they're they're doing I've worked as an instructor for those guys as well. And we actually brought them out to Florida and they're going around the world doing these little two day safety summits like teaching. Um, you know, it's it's not feasible to bring your own medic with you every time. So it's it's almost like a little self rescue you know, teach unless you're Kevin and then he can bring you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just bring the big wave guardian crew with me everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> two foot, Hey, two feet, you know, to four exactly. feet. Exactly. That's good. <laughs> I'm just telling uh, everybody out there who, who has not been humbled yet. Some, several of you are the fact, the majority of the people listening to this have, but like when you are a Grom like me watching, or when I was a Grom watching these movies, I'm like, Oh my God, it looks so perfect. Just yes. want to get out there and go after it. And it's not until you're sitting in the channel of uh, like an eight foot rifles grinder, just yeah. burning its way down the reef. Like where you're like, Oh my God, I want nothing to do with that. I want to go yeah. over to bikinis for the next two hours. I'll be fine. And, <laughs> yeah. and even over there, the reefs like an, uh, uh, like a foot under the water and yeah. super shallow. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, that's so true. You know, it is funny. Cause yeah, you, when you grow up as a kid and you see all these places, then you go there. Yeah. And you're like, like I've even like restaurants in Fiji. It's like, it's yeah. just it mainly is cause you can see, like you said, the water's so clear and you can see the reef and it's so shallow. And you're like, so the whole time you're a little like hesitant you're like, I don't, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, it, you realize how dangerous it actually is, but yeah, yeah that's, that's smart about the insurance that that's what they're doing. Cause yeah, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I'm like, you know, surfing's in such a bizarre place in the sense that, uh, there's more people surfing now today than ever, you know, like yeah. it's, it's more people that quote unquote surf and have surfboards and are and, and actually participating in the sport. But the sport itself, especially from a professional standpoint is like not what it was, you know, years ago or whatever. So it's in this, it's this weird dichotomy of like, you have the most people ever as participants, but like, you know, like you have, like, you know, you have Billabong and Quicksilver and like all the big companies are all now one company yeah. and they're all like laying everybody off because they're not making any money. And then like, you know, so it's like, it's such a, to me, it's such a bizarre place. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know, obviously don't know the solution, but I'm like, I don't, you know, this is, this is so bizarre that you have, you know, most people are ever interested, but yet the, the, you know, the, the, the core of the sport is suffering, you know? Yeah. It's the solution just, is everyone needs to stop surfing. Yeah. <laughs> Except for yeah. me. This guy, <laughs> yeah. this guy's two days away from uh, scoring Nicaragua. So he's pretty happy. Oh, are you? Yeah. 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 Boom trip. Yeah, so no one I heard no one go to Nicaragua. It's like there super dangerous. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's very dangerous. <laughs> totally I'm, unsafe. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch topics because I feel as a surf movie fan from the beginning 
that all every chance I get to talk to a surf filmmaker, I like to know how you got uh, from high school surfer to uh, behind the camera. And uh, it's a struggle because I know you want to be out there surfing with your friends and, you know, that, that kind of a, that story, if you want to back up a little bit and tell us a little bit about that, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I grew up there in, I grew in Florida, Satellite Beach and uh, my parents bought, well, I, I'll back up even further. I, I moved to the beach side from where I was living and um, the, there happened to be, I, I, I love surfing and I happened to be a photographer that, that lived um, down the street from me. His name was Tom Dugan. <laughs> and yeah and i we me and my friend across the street figured out who he was and we were like oh my god we were like yeah. holy crap this is the coolest thing ever um and then i uh so we became friends with him probably just like hung out in his front yard until he like talked to us and like <laughs> to show us slides or whatever um i don't remember how that happened but um then my parents went to japan and they bought this video camera that nobody else in america had my dad just was on a business trip and he came back he's like oh we bought this I ate Sony camera and I was like, that's cool, whatever. So of course what I did was I would go to the beach and video my friends. And then with Tom being my neighbor, you know, I, I showed him and he was like, Oh, do you want to, you know, let's, I'll shoot some photos. You come shoot a video. Next thing you know, like I'm constantly shooting surfing. Like that's just becomes my thing, you know? And actually, and I loved it actually. Like I obviously loved to surf, but I also loved, I loved shooting it. I just, I thought it was so cool mainly because I had like, you know, I didn't know at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, I was literally had the greatest surfer that I could shoot. And then, you know, and then you had everybody else. You had, you know, Shay Lopez and David Spear and like, you know, you had Todd Morcom and Danny Mahato and, you know, and like Matt Keckley and Jeff Klugel. Like, it was like, there was talent. Like, it oh, was yeah. like, you know, I didn't know that as a kid. I just thought this was like, you know, this is what happens, whatever. But it was a very special time, especially at Sebastian Inlet at that time. So, um, so that's how it started. And then Kelly used to pick me up from school and I would go video with him. And like, then my footage got like, they, I started working for this local TV show called the radical side. And I was like, I was like 14 years old, like shooting and then like going in and editing. And I loved going into the editing room and like wow. the dark. And, like, and then um, they, they used my footage in Kelly Slater, black and white of him from the inlet. And, and then I just, I just kept doing it, you know? And then I went to film school and I graduated and then I went right back to, um, you know, making surf movies. And I made three surf videos in Florida called, I did a movie called horse, a video called horseplay, uh, never grow up. And then all the way live. Um, awesome. and I, you know, I was, I was traveling and shooting and, you know, doing, making all that. Uh, where'd you go to film school? I, yeah. So yeah, I read, I went to film school, graduated, went right back to doing what I was doing when I was like 14 years old. So where, where'd yeah. you go to film school? Oh, I'm sorry. I went to uh, full sale. Oh, in nice. Orlando. In Orlando. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right down the street Which, from I mean, us. Yeah, everybody goes to full sale. Yeah. I, you know, I got, I was lucky though. I like, I interned on Steven Spielberg's uh, Sequest that was going on in Orlando. Wow. And I interned on MTV shows, uh, a show called Sandblast. Like, um, yeah, I, I, got, I was fortunate with that. And then, yeah, I, but what kind of ended it for me was I, I, I started so young. I was literally 14 years old when I started. And I was, you know, shooting. And then, like, we would go back to Tom Dugan's house and I would like, I would edit with like on a VHS, like pause, you know, yeah. record, you know, play the music off a tape deck. And I would make these videos. And then like, I would, after like, we'd come back from the inlet, I would like show like last week's inlet for everybody. And like, you know, I just, um, but I, I just, I burnt out. I like, I, I did all the way live with yeah. CJ and Damien. They were like, that was like kind of their big 
breakout movie because okay. um, we kind of coincided it with their like you know making the tour yeah and um and i just i i went to, i did i went to on this trip with barbados like pat o'connell and a couple other guys and i just i came home and i was like you know i don't want to do this anymore like i really want to try to get in something more creative okay. and um I'll never forget. I was like sitting in my living room and I didn't know what I, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't, I don't, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And I was watching MTV and Britney Spears baby one more time came on. And I was like, <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what that I is. I don't know. How, I mean, I, I know it's a music video, but I don't, I have no idea how this works. How does this industry work? Who, who makes these? I have no idea, but I want to do that. And it was really weird. It was like this weird epiphany and I packed up all my shit and I moved to Los Angeles. I didn't know anybody. And I worked in music videos for 12 years and like, well, yeah, like worked that's all the that part stuff. I like to hear is like, we, yeah. I mean, moving obviously to Los Angeles in what, 1998, 2001, 2001. Okay. So you're, yeah. you move into an apartment. Uh, where'd you move into in Los Angeles? I, uh, well, uh, so I stayed on friends couches in, uh, Newport cause I knew I, I knew I know people in Newport from coming out every summer for the U.S. Open and surfing, um, so I just couch crashed until uh, until I could get a place in L.A. Um, and yeah, I would I would like drive to L.A. and get drop my resumes off and like you know like yeah like I didn't and then and then what's funny is there was an organization at the time called the Music Video Production Association the MVPA and I just cold emailed them and this girl emailed me back and was like oh you know we can help you get an internship whatever and I was. I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I was coming off my last surf movie. I was like, so Taylor Steele was distributed my movie. I was the first ever surf video that he distributed that wasn't his own. Wow. Yeah. And I, it, was the, it was the all the way live. And it was the first video ever on DVD. That's just by coincidence of timing. But like we were the first surf video DVD. And like, wow. I was like, I was, I had interviews in Surfer Magazine. So I'm like, I have to start over. And I was like, <laughs> I guess I got to start over. Like, this is what I got to do. So I went and met with her and she was wearing a Hurley shirt. And so I said, I'm like, oh, do you like Hurley? And she was like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I don't know where I got this, but I, yeah, I like Hurley. I'm like, would you want a box of clothes? And she was like, <laughs> she like looked at me like, how is this guy going to get me a box of clothes? So yeah. I was like, just literally write down your sizes. So she did. And I went back to Orange County and I like hit up Bob, who, you know, I've known Bob since I was a kid. He would pay for me to go on surf trips. And he, he worked when he ran Billabong. Like, yeah. uh, he's like, I love Bob Hurley. Like, he's one of the greatest humans in the world, I think. And, uh, he, I was like, Bob, can I get some clothes for this girl or whatever? He was like, yeah, cool. So I went and, you know, did the, I used my surf industry, surf expo, you know, mentality of free, free shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I brought, her a box, I brought her a box of clothes and she was like, and she like was, so then she helped me. She helped me like meet people, production companies, like get a job, get an internship, like all that stuff. And then I, and then from there it just went. So, yeah. Well, yeah, you become uh, probably an AD uh, or is that what's what, a, a PA, like a, production assistant first yeah maybe uh what come what comes after that how do you work your way up so, so i pa'd one video i was like it was a master p video <laughs> I, and, uh, and then that was it i'm like i'm because i i had pa'd when i was in, out of film school and i was like i know what this shit is so i did it and i was like okay, i'm never gonna do that again but i got lucky i got introduced to people at production companies so i i went on staff at these production companies um first as like the assistant to the executive producer okay and then as like the department coordinator and what I learned was I was like, this is the perfect, I'm like, I want to direct music videos, but I don't know if I can, like, I don't know, maybe I don't have it in me. Like, I don't like to do things unless I know I can do it. I don't like to be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go do this. I want to make sure I can do it. So okay. it was a great job because I got to be on set. I could go to the shoots, but I didn't have to work because I was on staff at the company. So I would be like, 
you know, hey, we're shooting on the stage, you know, do you want to come by? So I would just leave the office at like three o'clock and then go to the stage and hang out with like, you know, and watch like, you know, this, you know, directors I work with, like Diane Martel, who's like, you know, shooting like NERD and, you know, Pharrell and Justin Timberlake and Christian Aguilera. And I would just get to like hang out and like be a fly on the wall and like watch it all go down and like hang out with the director and kind of listen and learn. And like, eventually, you know, I, I kept doing that. And I, I moved to a couple of different production companies. I went and worked at a band apart, which was Quentin Tarantino's company. He had a music video division, you know, worked with on other videos there, like Britney Spears and, you know, Hillary Duff. And I got to be on all these sets. And like, then the director started like kind of taking me under their wings. Um, and I started writing treatments for them. And uh, like, I like I wrote the treatment for Beyonce Single Ladies. Um, no way. That's cool. Yeah. Because I was working with, I was working with Jake Nava, who directs directed that video and directed a ton of, uh, Brit, uh, Beyonce videos, even like Crazy in Love. He's uh, Jake's amazing. He's so talented, and he kind of took me under his wing. And I was writing treatments, and I, I'll never forget like that brief came in for him for Beyonce, and I was like, I, there was this YouTube video at the time called "Someone Had Taken a Bob Fosse, who was a 1960s uh, um, choreographer, and they, it was like, these white women with beehives, and someone had taken this song called "Walk It Out" and they had mashed it together, and it looked like the choreography was for for this hip hop song, and you were like, this is so funny. And I knew Beyonce loved um, Bob Fosse. So I was like, Jake, just show her this this YouTube video. Nice. And he did. And then she was like, let's do that. So oh, wow. it's funny. If you find the video, the video is literally, it's the Bob Fosse routine with the little ramp on the side. Like, you know, she did it. She took her own twist on it, but she definitely like, it was, that was the reference. So, um, so yeah, I started doing that. And then I finally got confidence. I started building my own reel. It was like, you know, hustling my own music videos and the rep I worked with, the, the sales rep, she would she would put me up for videos with some of the record labels. She'd be like, you know, this one's only thirty or fifty thousand. What if Justin did it? You know, like he could do it or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's how that's how that story went. So, <laughs> classic. That's epic. Yeah. And that that took you from two thousand one to where were we? About two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Okay. Um, and that's finally. It was actually right after Single Ladies, because uh, I, you know, I had a lot of friends at the record labels at that point. Um. And they all knew that I was writing treatments and that I wrote that treatment and they were all like, well, we could probably, you know, help get you some work. So I took the leap um, to become like, you know, just, I'm like, I'm going to leave my, my staff job and I'm going to become a music video director. And I did. And that's right when the, uh, like, you know, the housing crisis oh, yeah. and everything yep. broke like 2008, 2009, probably. And uh, I always tell people like I spent like eight, nine years trying to get into this really cool party. And I was outside and I knew everyone inside and I knew what was going on. And I, finally figured out how I can get in this party and, and what I need to do when I'm in the party. And I walked in the party and they were like, party's over, everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> music videos, just it, the whole industry started to just collapse because of the, yeah. you know, it's, it was a, it's a, it's a marketing at that time it was a marketing piece. And so yeah, yeah. You know, when economies go down, the first thing that goes is marketing. So, sure. um, you know, all the record labels were cutting budgets and, and then with YouTube, it was like, you know, it was such a, like, you know, you're this, you know, half a million dollar music videos playing right before a video of a cat that falls off a stool that has 3 million views. And this music video is only getting 300,000 views. It's like, you know, what are we doing? Why are we spending this money on these, you know? So, so anyways, yeah. So then at that time, I also met these guys who were, uh, that no one knew what this was at the time, but they were called YouTubers. (laughs) Um, And I was like, I met them through a friend who I'd worked with at this company, anonymous content, the last company I'd worked at, um, and she she was she was friends with them and she was doing. I'm like, what is YouTuber? What are you doing? And, and like she showed me and I was like, I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, you, you guys are just talking to your cameras, like yeah. like you know, like, 
And then I'm looking at the views and it's like, you know, they got 300,000, 500,000 views. I'm like, oh, what is this or whatever? And I'm like, how does this guy, how do you, how does this guy make one every single day? Like he's got a wife and kids. And I'm like, how's he, what's he doing for work? You know? And she's like, oh, he's making like 300 to $400,000 a year. And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on. What? I'm like, how do you make $300,000 a year putting up a 15 minute video of you talking to your, on your, to your, you know, to, on your camera and like, you know, telling about your day. It's like, oh, you get make YouTube ads since and stuff. And I was like, holy crap. And, for, and I was like really mad at the time. Cause I'm like trying to book like a music video and make like five grand just to like get me through the month or whatever. Um, but right. then I was kind of like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. So um, <laughs> I, uh, we started a company called Maker Studios and uh, kind of weirdly enough, we sort of in- invented unintentionally the the influencer because we started putting YouTubers with brands and, you know, like, hey, you know, you get, we'll do this with your brand for X amount of money. We'll have it. We'll have them posted on their YouTube channel. We'll put a link. Everyone will see it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. Yeah. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. Free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So it's your fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, I tell people that. I'm like, I'm like, not solely. I, I don't want to take sole responsibility for that. But we definitely played a role because we we like we kind of invented it. Nobody else was doing it at the time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. And then yeah, and then Disney bought that company for a billion dollars. And <laughs> wow. Sadly enough, I was, uh, I had left that company like the year before, two years before. And, uh, it was funny because I would, at the time when we were doing it, I would go to like, you know, Hollywood events or premieres or whatever. It's just stupid party stuff. Yeah. And people always ask you what you're doing. Like, well, what are you doing? And I'd be like, oh, I'm directing music videos. I'm also, you know, with this company called Maker Studios and they'd be like, what's Maker? And I'd be like, oh, you know, it's YouTubers. And they, they would just tune out. They'd just be like, oh, whatever. I don't yeah. even care. Like, yeah. You know, whatever. And I would tell them like, you need to pay attention because these guys are gonna backdoor Hollywood. And they, no one believed me. No one, no one, they didn't care less. They just turned their head. Um, and then I had left the company, and I was, I was pretty busy in music videos. I was directing quite a few, and uh, and and I knew the company. The company had grown and grown, and they had gotten like money from like Robert Downey Jr., Time Warner, and they had, you know, kept growing. Um, and then, and then my friends that were still there, they were like, "Oh, there's, you know, they're trying to sell the company because they're about to go bankrupt." Because their typical story, Hollywood story, they got too big for the britches. They're spending way too much money. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to sell it, but it's about to go bankrupt. Because I was like, every time they got money, I'd be like, "Wait, did, 
did I like, you know, blow it by like not having shares in this company, you know? Yeah. So uh, my, my, my friends were like, nah, shares are worthless. Shares are worthless. Every time they sold it, they're like, yeah, sh- still shares are worthless. But when I, I woke up that morning, I forget it was like 2014 or 15. And I, I woke up, my phone was just like, like every alert you could have was on my phone. Like <laughs> okay. every alert you could ever imagine. Um, and I was like, whoa, what's going on? And like, listen to voicemails, get a text. <laughs> because it hit the trades that Disney had bought it for a billion dollars. So yeah, I had sure. all these people like that I had mentioned it to throughout the years going like, can you come and tell, hey, so-and-so wants you to, wants to know what that was. And like, can you come tell us what this is? Wow. And like, why Disney bought it for a billion dollars? And it was like, it was crazy. It was like, hey, Jack Black wants to know if he could take you to lunch because he wants to know, like, what he wants to know about this, whatever. It's like, so just random. It was like, it was so funny to me because I'm like, I've been telling you guys for years about this and yeah. no one cared until this happened, clearly. So, um, yeah, it was that, kind of funny. So. That was right around the funny or die sort of birth. And, yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of funny or die. It just started. Yeah. It was like trying to figure it out. Like, how is this going to work? Who's, you know, like it was all over the place. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had such a stronghold on like, like we could drop an atomic bomb on YouTube and like we could get views like crazy. We would like strategize like how we were going to drive all the views to a video and it was it was power, very powerful because like yeah like especially for brands because we could like be like hey look we can guarantee you that you know half a million people are gonna see this because we'll and we'll show you the number you know yeah mm. uh, so yeah it was uh it was it was a crazy time dressing uh, Eli Manning up as a like a, a kind of a burnout uh, and sending him into Penn State football tryouts and uh, watching <laughs> him crush it you know like all yeah. these sneaky little concepts I love those. Yeah. 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 That was great. I do. I remember that. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. It was like, that was like pre like prank videos. Cause they started yeah. you know, doing all those prank videos and stuff. Yeah. So um, I, I feel it's worth uh, mentioning too, that, you know, your CJ Hopgood and, uh, and Damien Hopgood, uh, well, your first movie that Taylor put out for poor specimen on DVD, I would imagine um, yep. that was when DVDs actually made money. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. You could yeah. sell a DVD and actually make some money back on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like, it was like right when the studios were like, the studios had control because they're the only people putting out movies, like big movies. But it was right at that time when like, yeah, like I tell people like first surf video on DVD, but just by, you know, pure coincidence, because um, that was the time when an independent person could actually, they could manufacture it you know, on a large scale and sell them just like, so it was quite impressive because it was like, all like major studios and then mine was on dvd too i was like i better I better live this while i can because yeah. it's not gonna last because <laughs> um, i knew other people were going to be able to do it too but um yeah yeah it was that was a whole other thing too full circle to uh development of this project with with one of our favorite people in the world cj who we yeah. just had a nice 25 minute chat with yesterday uh oh, you at, did? at surf expo oh yeah, yeah just uh He's, he's helping out a, a nonprofit that um, needed some help and, you know, he's crushing it as usual. He just moved. I yeah. think um, he, he was a little landlocked for a while and he just moved back to the beach. So he's now close he? to the waves. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. I know last time I talked to him, he had planned to do that, but he hadn't done it yet. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was living in Orlando for years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's yeah, funny. That, he, that, yeah. He came to the, What's he's that? come to the festival a few times obviously when we showed your movie, but, um, he's come some other times as well. And I, always, yeah. I always, uh, I bring him up and, uh, and I'd get on the mic and I'd introduce him as the best surfer in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's great. It's tried true. He yeah. probably does the title. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Show me somebody else in Orlando who's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, backdoor yeah. the way he has, or not backdoor, but um, Chopu or whatever. Yeah, who's gonna? Yeah, let's take every. Let's take the best five servers in Orlando to Chopu and see who does the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you uh, better go because we're gonna need a medic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Get him up there to pull um, the raffle tickets. Yeah, tell, tell <laughs> us about funny. the uh, the the start. Yeah, so that was. I had gone to a screening of um, I got invited to this. I, I was doing this project with Brett Ratner, who's now been canceled. Um, I was doing this project with him and he invited me to the screening of uh, Venus and Serena documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and it was really good. And I was like, but it reminded me of CJ and Damien. They're kind of, di- you know, dynamic of, you know, bro- sisters, you know, sibling rivalries um, and I had, I was doing the maker thing. I was directing some music videos, but I really wanted to tell a story and every music video I did, I told a story and it was like, you know, I'm like, I, and I kept saying like, I know better than to keep doing this. Cause it's really hard to tell a story in music video and you don't need to, but I just kept doing it. I'm like, I, I just, it's kind of just what I was in me. Like, I just wanted to tell a story. So I went to that screening and then I literally like emailed him that night. It was like, Hey, have you guys ever thought about telling your story? You know? Cause like, um, you know, I knew, obviously I grew up with him, so I knew a lot of it. And I, you know, and we'd always, we'd always stayed in touch. You know, Damien, you know, lives here um, in Encinitas. So we would, you know, I would see him quite often. What year was that, Justin, when you called him? Uh, that's probably like 2016, okay. maybe 20, uh, maybe a little earlier, probably 2014, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and then they both emailed me back. And if I, like Damien never emails anyone back. So I was like, oh, he must really <laughs> want to do it. Mm-hmm. Tell um, me about it, yeah. So, yeah, so we, so we, you know, we were like, okay, cool, let's do this. And we were like, oh, I'm like, it'll be easy. We'll just raise some money. We'll make a movie, you know, like six, <laughs> five, five years later, we're like finally, uh, finally finishing. Um, but, uh, but to be honest, I tell people like that, you know, like, first of all, I've talked to other people in the documentary space and they're like, five years is like, you're actually like lucky to finish in five years. Um, and also it like really gave the story room to grow it mm-hmm. wouldn't have grown as much as it did so living story so you have to pick an ending at some point yeah um and it just it worked so yeah that's how that came about and and you know i'm not i don't really consider myself a documentary filmmaker i've been offered since into if i see other documentaries and to be honest i've turned a few of them down because i just a i, I don't want to do i won't do a fluff piece like that's always my first thing okay. i'm always like you know it's it's been everyone from like some pretty big music artists because I obviously still have ties in that industry. Sure. You know, record labels. They're like, you know, do you want to work with so-and-so? She wants to do a story. And I'm like, okay, ask her, will, is she willing to tell her deepest, darkest secret? Cause that's, that's what I want to do. I don't want to make a piece about them, about how great they are. Everyone knows that, right? Like if you've made it and you're successful in entertainment or sports or surfing or whatever, everyone knows you, you you're successful, right? What, what I want to tell is the part that people don't know about how what you struggled to get that success or what you struggled with because that, that makes it more human and relatable. Yeah. Um, and even in Two If I See, like I told those guys in the beginning, I was like, that's what we're going to do. Like we're not making a surf movie. Like we've done that. We're, and they were on board with that. They didn't want to make a surf movie anyways. I'm like, yeah. you know, and it's funny looking back because at the time no one had really done that too much. Like there was the Andy movie. There was like a Laird film that was whatever. Um, Stephanie in the Water. And then the Bethany movie came out like around the same time we did. Yeah. So no one had really made every, it was still mainly just surfing. Right. So there wasn't a lot of storytelling and like telling these people's lives. Um, so I remember we were shooting it. Like no one knew what we were doing. They, no one understood it. Like, but it helped us. Cause we would get like, 
like you know i would shoot like it down at like the hurley contest at lowers and i'd be like can, we're just gonna shoot in the locker room and do all this stuff and like they're like oh yeah cool do whatever you know like <laughs> yeah. but i think about it now like if you were gonna go like hey i'm gonna shoot a movie on you know fleet they'd be like you know i'm gonna be in the locker room they'd probably be like uh no we do the locker room you're gonna have to you know there's gonna oh, be like so yeah. much tape to it yeah I'm like, so we got lucky with that because they didn't know what we were doing. That is absolutely so, true. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's how that started. And then we just kept going and we, you know, we raised money to start and it got us to a point. And then I, I made a, a sizzle with it and I used the sizzle to shop to investors and, you know, like the WSL put money in and you know, every, we had these independent investors that put money in and, uh, you know, we were able to make it. Um, that's, that's, that's how that came. And then, I actually wanted to talk about you guys' film festival. Like, I think I mentioned this to you, Kevin, but like, you know, I went, I went quantity over quality with that movie. Everyone was like, you know, you got to pick a path. You got to either go, either got to go like, you know, Sundance, you know, Tribeca. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, the, those festivals now are just like, they're basically just premieres for movies at this point. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't have the movie that they want. Like they want like, you know, the guy who's like lived in a, dirt hole for three years with a dog and like you know doesn't hasn't spoken to anyone like you know that's what they want for a documentary they don't want this so i'm like what's the point i'm like i'm just gonna quantity let's just go like send me the re- send me the little wreath things like that's all i want like you can sh- so everyone you know we were getting hit up by everyone to show it. like you know the like buffalo new york film surf film festival you know yeah. like every, every random all over the world and i'd be like cool i just created a dropbox i'm like here's everything you need take it go show just send me the wreath that's all i want that's all i want I love it. Uh, so but i did them all and there was there's a lot of as you know there's a lot of surf film festivals out there yeah but i tell people to this day i was actually just telling um actually one of the producers on the movie he bought surfer tv uh and he's like doing like a fast channel with it no kidding so for my tv and I was like, I'm like, you need to talk to Kevin. I'm like, th- I'm like, that's the best surf film festival of all the ones we did. That was the best. I'm like, you guys have the best one. And hang like, on a second. Hang on. There we go. That's <laughs> a high five. Yeah. Thank you. It's the one that felt the most real. It's the one that had the most like, it just, everything was first class. I'm like, this is the one, this is the one, this is the one that, that trumps all the rest of them. Like that, that we you. did, you know, I'm not saying that they were bad or anything, but like, they just weren't of the level of what you guys do there, um, which is which is special. So I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys, you guys got a good thing. You guys a, done well. That's very nice. Thank that's you. Very nice. And I, I'll give credit uh, to my lovely wife, who who has played a big role in this festival when it came to like development of um, how we handle situations, whether it yeah. be dealing with new partners, dealing with you know sponsors, and. Uh, how we do the screen wash, what does our presentation look like, our deck that we give to potential sponsors, and how does this conversation go? You know, she was working with Acura and dealing with, uh, at Sundance when she, when yeah. she was with Yeah, you told so, me that. Yeah, she'd worked with Sundance, yeah. And it, it rubbed off on John and, and me, and we, uh, we, we did this new version, which is way more dumbed down than Sundance, of course, but, like, also... We don't like handing off the mic to filmmakers before the movie and letting them talk about their work before it's been on screen. Yeah. It's a, not a good idea. We don't do that. No, we do yeah. it at the end. We follow the Sundance protocol. We, we we want the filmmakers to be out there in the audience, like watching yep. it with you. We want yep. everybody in one space at the same time. We don't want two yep. different theaters. We don't want to have multiple screenings. We we've learned the hard way that we don't want to do you know multiple cities that. If you want to come to the festival, this is where it is. And that's how it's, you know, I'd say every festival we have about 40 or 50 new people show up 
and you know, 40 or 50 people can't make it from the previous one, but it's, it's always a fun thing to fill those uh, seats up and watch people share all of your hard work. This is five years at minimum that a lot of people have dedicated their lives and time to. And it, you know, in our opinion, your film, uh, your documentary work was clearly by that time, it was one of the best movies we had ever been able to share with our fans. Well, thank you. you know, I was hitting you up two and a half years before that. And yeah. it, I mean, yeah. you got emails from me on the regular. It was 2019 in June, yep. June 15th. And that's when we were, we were talking about the timeline of that release. And uh, well, thank you for the kind words about the festival. And we take it to heart. Uh, uh, always stoking each other. Like remember when Justin, you know, and CJ, oh my God, it was, it is one of the highlights of our whole experience with this festival. So thank you for bringing that to us. Oh, really? The, our film was? Absolutely, Absolutely. man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Flor- Florida boys make good, you know, and they show an incredible five-star documentary to fans that we brought together. Um, I worked, I feel a personal pride in that too, because I worked really hard to get that movie uh, to Florida. I mean, every single email I send, I feel like I'm really annoying um, the director <laughs> or, and so I, yeah. you know, you, you really, you, when, when you find, when it finally comes to fruition and everybody's there and the fucking projector works and the sound yeah. works and it's just like, Oh wow. The, the, the grassroots part of it really, it's like having the, you know, your, your favorite band just perform the, your, your favorite song right in front of you. Yeah, no, it was great. Like I, I still remember that I vividly and I was like, yeah, it was such, it was, the weather was great. It was just, was like, yeah, like obviously you guys can't control that or maybe can you, um, but uh, yeah, it was like, everything was perfect. The venue was great. I remember, um, yeah, I just remember I was like, wow, this is like, that was our best one. That was like of all the ones we showed at, that was like, that one felt the best. And it's just, yeah, it was, it was, and as far as you emailing and stuff, I think it's not, it's definitely not bad. It's kind of like, you know, how can you be mad at someone that wants to really see your movie? Yeah. I think what's frustrating is, is because when you get it, you're like, Cause you just want to finish. Right. So you're like, yeah. man, like, I just want to get him the movie. Like I want to get him the movie. And like, so you're just like, so you're, you know, you're like another step, another step. Um, but I learned, um, I did, I worked at a company called anonymous content and they produce like, you know, um, the Revenant internal sunshine and like oh, yeah. Steve Golden who passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he just taught all of us so much. And one of the things he always told us was like, he's like, don't ever celebrate your movie until you're sitting watching it like you until you're sitting in the theater with a bunch of people and it's like you know it's 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 real do not celebrate you have a movie and so i always kept that in mind because i was like because what happens is you know you start to make a movie and you're like oh it's gonna be done you know we're you know we're we're done shooting or whatever because this whole thing was you never know until it's until it's actually finished and it's out and it's official you don't know it could all go away you know um so you know, it always felt good to, to, to be in those theaters with the people and then just to kind of, you know, see the reactions, feel the reactions. It's funny because I think we I made that movie for theater because it it actually plays better in a theater, yeah. um, which is funny because it's, I don't know why you would do that, but I did it. Um, but, you know, I also remember talking to you and I was like very specific about like the venue and like because and what's funny is we talked about this is like since we it was one of the first sort of movies of its kind where we actually told a story mm-hmm. and it was actually like you know there was a, a people talking and characters and all these things um because it was surfing so people were i was getting hit up with like hey you know we got this bar in fort lauderdale that says sure. we'll show up friday night and i'm like 
uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> like I told CJ, CJ would be like, yeah, this guy reached out to me in San Diego. He like wants to show at his restaurant. I'm like, no, I'm like, we are not showing unless it's some sort of proper theater setup where, you know, with sound and, and seats and because I'm like, you can't watch this in a bar. It'll oh, be no. the most boring thing ever. Like, you know, like, like, yeah. So we had, I, I fought that tooth and nail the whole time because it was constantly getting asked to like, yeah, we can show it in the surf shop, you know, like got a TV in here, you know, above the, above the sales area. And I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we can hang a sheet on the side of the building yeah, and put it in the parking yes. lot, you know? Yeah. Everyone will stand around. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have a keg. I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> okay. that. I'm like, I, and I had to explain. I'm like, it's just not that kind of movie. Like, it'll, yeah. Honestly, people will hate it. I would hate it because I'd be like, what is this shit? Like, I'm, you know, it's not the surf movie where you like watch the guy get barreled and come out and then you, you know, like it's not, it isn't that movie. No. Yeah. Well, you spent a lot of time and effort on making sure Daniel Tosh narrating the movie. Yeah. You want all those jokes to land and you want to hear yeah. the response. You want to see what, if what you did works and, uh, and then you get a feel for how it's going to land when somebody's on the couch at home, maybe, or yeah. I don't know, it's got to be yeah. informative. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the theater stuff was great because it's yeah, it's it's it just feels good to like yeah, sit with people and see what yeah, what landed, what didn't landed. Like you know, like do they is there any emotion? You know, like you start to like I don't know because you, you have all these ideas in your head and then um, I, I did a lot of focus groups with that movie though cool. um, on my own, like not like official, but I would go. I purposely would think of people I needed, wanted to show it to, and I would sit and watch it with them. And then I would ask them a specific list of questions. And I asked everyone from like people who knew nothing about surfing at all. And just to be like, does this even make sense to you? Can you follow the story? Like, you know, what are we, does it interest you? You know, like, did you, do you care about these people at all? You know, like, so, and then, and then I would to the most hardcore surfer and be like, you know, is, are you bored because it's not surfing, you know, like, yeah. so, and I would adjust, uh, you know, and ask specific questions and adjust from there. So then when we got to the theater, I already had an idea of like what, you know, we did our best to make sure that this was something people wanted to watch. That's really yeah. smart. And I can remember, that way. I can remember it was one of the first films. It, it probably was the first film because a lot of the films we show are more of like traditional surf films. Yeah. Um, we show, you know, we do show some surf porn that's just straight music and airs and barrels. and But we show yeah. a lot of documentary type films as well. But um, yeah. that was the first film that we showed that, I remember afterwards the uh, a lot of audience members coming up to Kevin and myself afterwards and just being like, that was real. Like that was a real movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like yeah. wow. it was engaging and like, I'm, I, I learned something and I was happy at this part and I was sad at this part. And like, that was a real movie. Um, and, and, and that was like the first one that we showed like that. And so it was really yeah. Im impactful for the folks. That's great. That's great to hear. Cause that's always what, like I always said, like, Again, going back to the film festival stuff, I was like, I and personally, just for my own like personal, like I've never really cared about award shows so much. Like that's never been like I've been like I don't care. Like I'd always just want to, if I can make something and like make someone like laugh or cry or feel something like that's all I cared about. So yeah. like, I'm like we can make this and make people like you know have feelings and like then we did our job. You know like yeah. even if it's not a fifty billion people like if it's even just like a few thousand like i'll be happy just to know that we you know we did that so so that's great to hear it doesn't hurt your your subjects are extremely likable guys with yeah. incredible hearts and yeah gen generous of time but also generous of the story and uh the the not so glossy uh, side of pro surfing with uh 
you know, all the, all the beats that come with regular life in there. So you did a great job, man. Congratulations on a wonderful movie. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they were obviously, they were great. Like, you know, they, like I said, like in the beginning, I told them we're not making a fluff film and I want to talk about, you know, like some of the hardest times of your life. And of course they all, you say, they say yes. And then we start to do it and, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little, I had to pull it out of them a little bit, but I don't blame them. Like I'd be the same thing. Like it's different to say yes than actually be doing it on camera, sure. oh, um, yeah. you know, so um, but yeah, no, they, they did it. They, they, you know, they, that you're hundred percent right. And like, they work so hard. Those guys like, and that was always part of their surfing was they were just like the blue collar guys. They're the guys are going to show up, do the job, like, you know, like put their life, put it on the line. Like they, they're not going to hold back. And like, you know, like they worked their butts off on that movie. Just, you know, mm-hmm. they were, they worked hard. Like we were, I had this thing where I didn't want to do any interview, like in front of like a wall or anything. So like, you know, in Tahiti, we're like lugging all that camera and lights up like mountains and stuff. And they're like, it's funny, you have the, you have the talent, like carrying <laughs> yeah. everything up there, you know, and like, you know, get, you know, loaded on boats and like, you know, getting us, you know, helping us carry everything and like, you know, doing all this, the things that, you know, that quote unquote, the talent is not necessarily required to do on a movie. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they, they worked extremely hard to do that as well. And I thought they deserved it. Like, I felt they deserved how their story told. Yeah, you nailed it. Blue collar boys uh, came across wonderful. Just you know, all the praise you should get. Uh, uh, we're giving, uh, and I feel like we'd be lucky to see another product from you uh, like that. Do you have anything in the works, whether it be narrative or doc? It sounds like you're edging the. You know, the documentary world is tough. The money, the the long process. Where do you call the end? And uh, yeah, there, it's just you know, it's not always the most glamorous side of things either. Um, what are you working on lately? Have you got anything for us and that you can talk about? Yeah, I do. I, I am. Um, like I said, like after into if I see came out, I got offered stuff and surfing, like yeah. some surfing stuff. But again, I don't want to like, you know, some of it's like, some of it was on some of the younger guys mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm like, I just don't, they don't have a story yet. Like, yeah. you know, like, like Jack Robinson, amazing person, amazing person, absolutely amazing surfer as well. But like, what's his story yet? Like, he doesn't yeah. have like the thing that worked with CJ Dane is they were at the end of their career. So mm-hmm. it was like we have a, we have sort of a full scope, you know. Like, you know, like I feel like a lot of these times, especially today, when everyone feels like they need a documentary, uh, I feel like they don't. I'm like, wait and do it, do one, do it a big one at the right time. Um, and funny enough, like, so I, I I did have some surfer, you know, stuff, and, I, and that's kind of was my thing. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Like, it's not going to be. I don't know. I'm so like, I could probably make money, but I'm sort of just like, I don't want to do it unless I can like, there's an incredible story here I yeah. can tell. Okay. Um, so um, I, I, it's, and I did like, so that people are like, well, what would you do? I was like, okay, I would do, I would do Mick Fanning if he ever wanted to do it and work with me. Yeah. His story, he's got an amazing, crazy story that people don't really know about. I don't know if he's willing to tell it though, or if he, if he ever will be, maybe he won't. And okay. I don't blame him if he is or isn't, you know, like that's, I, that's, it's personal. So um and then i remember one night like a few like about i think it was last year i like i actually messaged kelly on instagram because i he was on this pod he was on a podcast in san diego uh those oh, late night with chalky love yeah. those guys yeah and i listened to it and i was and he was actually and kelly was telling some things that like i he's never really told before i mean i i sort of knew the it, from growing up in florida i knew some of them and i was like this is interesting i'm like so i literally messaged him I'm like hey do you ever want to tell your story and you want to do it in a more unique way than just like you know, copy paste, you know, the way a lot of people's stories are told. Cause that's my thing too. Like, I don't want to do like, you know, I, I want to like tell it in a unique way. Like even yeah. if, you know, this, I want to tell the story like into it by C I 
built that entire movie out of who CJ and Damien are, like from the fonts, from the way the movie flows, like, so the you know, narrator, like, the narrator yeah, has like a same feel and flow as their comedy and their, you know, brand. Yeah. They're, they're, they're funny guys. And they like, they make a lot of jokes and like, but they also have very serious moments. And like, so I wanted that to encompass. So like, so yeah, I wrote Kelly. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, if you ever want to do it, like, you know, obviously like I have footage from you as a kid. I've known you since I was a kid. Like, you know, I, I would, I, I, and I literally said like, I've turned a lot of them down, but I would tell your story. But I don't, and he just like, it's like within like 30 seconds, he just like liked it. That yeah, was it. yeah, yeah, I know, right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but honestly, that, I was like, that's good. That's all I want. Like, I don't really want him to respond. Like, I just want, that's that's perfect. Because now it's in his head. Yeah. And you know, if it, it's in his head, it's in his head. So Nothing um, leaves his head. <laughs> exactly. It just keeps going. So yeah. I'm like, I just, I'm like, I, I would feel, I'm like, I just want to put that out there. So that if he ever does want to do it. You know, I, I did it. I put it out there, you know, yeah, like yeah. It's, you know, the so, money, the, um, the money's where, depending on where the money comes, because I think it's in documentaries, it's all about who's going to fund this thing. Yeah. And somebody actually did, I think, make an offer to Kelly for a documentary about him. And uh, the, I think the money's there and they've actually began, begun shooting. They began shooting. Um, yeah. For, for that. And the fella from, I think he did the Quincy Jones. He, he directed the Quincy Jones uh, documentary. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So he's yeah. gonna. No, yeah. I just hope funny. he tells his full. I hope he tells his like human story because that's the most compelling thing to me. Like, because again, Kelly has a pretty, it, not even pretty. Like, it, he has an amazing human interest story. Like, yeah. That 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 I feel like was would be the. I mean, we all know he's the greatest surfer. That's easy. Even people who don't know surfing pretty much know he's the greatest surfer. So. Not the, I always say the surfing is the easy part. Like that's, you know, when you're telling these stories, that's the easy part. It's yeah. the, it's the life stuff that it's a little harder, trickier. So, but that makes sense. That's good. And I'm glad I'm, if someone's going to do it, I want someone that really, um, yeah, that like can really draw that out and it is that's we'll so, focus on that. Yeah. So true. Would, you're right. Yeah. I would prefer that over like someone who to make surf videos. Cause they're not going to draw that out. They're just going to go straight to surfing, whatever. So, so yeah. So long story short, like, um, so I, I have some projects. Um, I actually have a doc series um, that I am working on pitching right now. It's uh, it's a story called The Butcher of Pakistan. Um, if you look that up, it's this pretty, it's a crazy story that was brought to me um, that we are going to actually be uh, shooting a sizzle for okay. to start shopping with the sizzle. Um, that, and then I, I have a, a scripted film that I mentioned to you guys before we recorded. And um, yeah, I, I do have, and I have some stuff in, my interest in surfing is wave pools, like because we talked about that. Yeah, like, yeah. Some ideas that I've wanted to shoot in wave pools, like with, uh, and we've kind of uh, pitched to some brands, okay. uh, but no one's really been on it yet. But I, I, it's like some short film stuff. But like my actually part of my pitch was like, if we do this, I guarantee we can get this in like surf film festivals, even if it's like fifteen minutes long or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, because it fascinates me with a wave pool is the fact that you have for the first time you have control over the environment. Yeah. Whereas like you know the ocean when you go you have no control. So the things that I can think of to do production-wise in a pool is endless and diff so different than having the challenges of the actual ocean. So yeah. um, I have this. I have a couple of treatments that I've written that I, and I hope like I really want to pull at least one of them off where I get to go shoot in a pool and yeah. like and get to get to do this and like again tell like a little bit of a story but use a wave pool as part of the story. So, yeah. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing. I know it's always, you know. Do I talk about it? Do I not? But um, John and I 
put everybody on this podcast on the hot seat. I don't know how many episodes you've listened to, if any, but the, uh, the end of the podcast always has a surf story sort of feel to it, whether it's, you know, uh, a disastrous, uh, filming shoot or, you know, actual disaster, um, yeah. encompassing, I mean, you, you know, we, we've thrown out a lot of prompts to people, whether it be falling in love, uh, you know, a, a brother fight, you know, CJ mm-hmm. Damien not wanting to do a shot or, you know, anything really that comes into the, the world of surfing. We'd love to hear it. In the world of surfing. Um, I let's think so like a disaster story in the world of surfing. Or it can be, yeah, it can be a, a score. A, it can be an event that you, it, you know, in your surfing experience it can be something that you've experienced. <laughs> well, my surfing is a disaster. So the whole, <laughs> um, <laughs> No. Um, oh, okay. I do have one. That's okay. okay. So I yeah. do have one. So when we were shooting um, in Tahiti um, at Two Up by Sea, that's where we when we first started. Um, we obviously were there shooting the contest at Chopu, and um, the we went there early to shoot Damien and the trials because he was doing the trials. So you know we were there like a week before the the, the tour guys started showing up. So. The day the tour guys start showing up, the, there's not much swell. It's like it's like four feet, five feet, and I don't know if you've ever been there, if you've ever or not. But yeah, like, it's at four feet. To be honest, like it's still a little scary, but it's not. There was a pretty big swell before that, so like looking at it four feet, you're like, you know, like I could do that. Yeah, doable. Like, I, yeah. I do that. yeah, like I, it's a little scary, but it's not like it's not that scary. So I, you know, and just the idea of like I just want to get one wave, you know, like just so you could say like, well, yeah, I, I surf. Ch- Everybody, like, you know, like, everybody's wondering yeah. if you're talking about Florida four feet or Hawaiian four feet. <laughs> uh, Tahiti four feet. So it, it, that choke where it's like, you know, like you're measuring from the back of that box that it makes. No, okay. um, you know, it, Florida four feet. No, Florida probably like eight feet, Florida. That's but what like, I'm thinking. Yeah, Tahiti, it's, it's that Hawaiian, you know, it's four feet. So it's, again, it's it's a, it's a little scary for, you know, if you're not the most advanced surfer. Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a decent surfer just because I grew up doing it, but I'm not, nowhere near the level of any of those guys for sure. That's why I was the camera guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we go out there. So we go out there just to like, you know, CJ is going to warm up because he just got there that day. Okay. So he's like, well, let's go out. And I'm like, okay, cool. But I didn't bring a – I had brought boards to Tahiti, but I didn't bring a board. So I'm like, oh, I'll just – I brought some snorkel gear out into the boat. And I'm like – and I had a GoPro. I'm like, oh, I'll just swim around, you know, look at the reef and stuff. I'm like, because there's going to be every pro in town is going to be out there. So, like, you know, they're all getting here. They're all going to go warm up. Anyways, we pull up. There's there's nobody. There was Whoa. Brett Simpson who was staying with us. Um, CJ, I think Chloe and Dino might have been there. Um, and, um, Joe from grills was there. Cause he was Joe, he was staying with us or whatever. Yeah. And was in, in his alley, his daughter. And, uh, they were, they were out there too. So, and they were surfing. So I was like, Joe was surfing. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, this is awesome. Like it's four feet. It's glassy. There's no one's here. Like Brett's here whatever. Like, you know, I got, you know, he's not, he's not going to hassle me for ways. And I, I know him, whatever. So I don't <laughs> feel weird. Like, so I was like, I kind of want to surf. So I'm just, but I'm just still like, I didn't bring a board. So. I'm just swimming around with my fins, my goggles on and stuff, you know, looking. And CJ's like catching a couple waves and he's like, and I got the GoPro and he's like, hey, he's like, here, he's like, you want to catch a wave or two? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I trade him my GoPro and my flippers for his board and I get on it. And I'm, first one I get on, I'm like, there's no wax on this thing. He, he like laughs. He's like, yeah, I know. There's like hardly any wax. And I'm like, oh, great. So I had like listened and learned like, you know, like where you paddle and like, you know, like make sure you paddle out this way. There's a lot of like, 
there's a lot of rules when you paddle out there of like safety rules. Like yeah. don't go, if that comes, go this way, don't go this way. I'm like, I felt pretty good. So I'm like, I know all that. So I grab it, start paddling. I'm like, okay, cool. This is, you know, I'm, you know, you start getting that adrenaline though. Cause you're like, oh, okay, this is still chopu. So I'm paddling all of a sudden I'm like, why the horizon just go dark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? And I, and I look back at the land and I'm like, I'm in the right place, but like, what's going on? All of a sudden I, it dawns on me. The minute I got on that board started paddling, like a freak wave set comes through. And it's like, this is like 10, 12 feet, oh. like Hawaiian style. Like, oh my God. And like, literally, I'm like in the exact place you don't want to be. Oh, shit. And I'm like, ah, uh, and like, I just bail the board, you know, go under and just get absolutely destroyed. Um, <laughs> I, come up, I come up, I live, but the, the board's break, broken in half. And like, and this, the best part is CJ's in the channel and he's got the GoPro and he's like laughing. And he's like, he's like, our director almost died. He's like, <laughs> and he's like filming with the GoPro or whatever. So we have the footage of it, thank God. So uh, that's my disaster story, I guess. So the one freak freak wave at Chopu that could come through that day, like came through right as I was paddling. That was that's the beginning and ending of my Chopu career, to be honest. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love so, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can say you've served Chopu. Sounds like my 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 sorry that would be my story probably something like that i'd be on the boat about to paddle out and i'd sprain my ankle on the boat and a west <laughs> well, set yeah in. <laughs> yeah I, oh i can say i paddled out Chopa. i never caught a wave because the board broke that was it that was the end of my career Shit. But i attempted to surf it i just never actually surfed it so <laughs> love it love it yeah man that's a good story and uh yeah. i feel like just getting to chopu and seeing the magic that's out there and filming the boys Man, I tell you, I tell everyone, like, if you get, ever get a chance, go, like, okay. just go. It's the most, especially during a contest or even just a swell. It's, it's like, it's like, super, it's like going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's, it's court side. Like the, the fact that you're sitting a hundred feet away from these guys, like risking death and you can be on a paddleboard or like, you know, a blow up raft or whatever. And you're totally fine and safe. It is, it blows your mind. Cause you, every time you're like, we're going to die. And then no, it's just float and why these guys are like it's you're so close to it and it's it's like you i i could just watch it i could literally sit there probably for an entire day and watch it and just like just be mesmerized by it i'm like yeah if you ever get an opportunity to go watch that just go because it like risk everything because it's worth it i'm <laughs> yeah, down so. the, the it's going to yeah. be really fascinating to see the olympics go down there yeah i agree yeah, yeah i would god if i could get to go for the olympics i'd love to go um uh yeah that yeah that's gonna be really cool i hope they get re hope they get a bomb swell yeah, and the world right. gets to see that yeah because that's 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 something everyone can watch whether you surf or not because it's just so like again it's so captivating so yeah the, the funny story we got from jay and jessica johnson who run the media side of that uh i don't know if you've ever run into those folks but he does a lot of the international surfing committee stuff he did the documentary on uh, fernando about, oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. Getting, yeah. Called the perfect wave about bringing surfing yeah, yeah. into the Olympics. Yeah. yeah, great, great documentary. And the and and they said that the German team is spending some considerable resources. They were at the time getting their surfers used to the El Salvador, you know, the the ride at La Libertad there, and making sure the gorillas or whatever it is that the yeah something like that or like yeah. silverbacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they were act they were actually going after so i imagine that the germ of all teams of course it's the germans that are sending guys to <laughs> chopu to warm up and get ready for the whoever their final you know surfers are in, in the event wow if they, That's made also it. If they take it yeah yeah i i, I had to talk with uh pt peter townsend 
couple of years ago, just and he he was talking about he was in China. Uh, they brought him to China to coach yep. the Chinese team. I remember he was that. Like, yeah, he was telling me some of the it was like some of the most crazy stories about like just being there and doing that and it's like insanity. But yeah, they were yeah trying they were trying to get ready for the Olympics as well. So yeah, that's what's gonna be so. I can't believe Germany's gonna have a circuit. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I don't, I don't know if they made it to the actual final. There's only 24 surfers in this in the final event. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I was gonna say because I bet you most uh, countries don't have a surf. They don't have surfers. They don't have a surf, a surf team. team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what's gonna be fascinating though is that there will be a team that is comprised of surfers that have very little experience, and they're gonna go yeah. into this arena where um, they could potentially, they could not even potentially. There's a high probability that they will get injured or die. Yeah, on camera. or I would, yeah, if I was from one of these countries and I'd grown up like surfing rivers in Germany or whatever, yeah. and they brought me there and like it's a pumping swell or even just a decent swell, like I'm like, nope. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, know who, you know who's German though is uh, Nick von Rupp. Oh, yeah, Nick von oh. Rupp could pull it off. Live, grew up in Portugal, but he's a German citizen sure, born in Germany. Sure. He so could, he, could, he could do it, yeah. He could absolutely um, do it. There's a lot of surfers in Switzerland. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, they because they showed into it by see there. I had a guy there who like kept asking and said he could pack a theater, and I was like, in Switzerland. I'm wow. like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, go for it. I don't care. Go show it. I'm like thinking like thinking there'd be like ten people in a theater, and he sends me a photo of a packed theater in Switzerland. I was like, nice. What? But I figured out what it is. So in the in the winters they go to Bali. Yeah. And they surf. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. In the summers, they go to Bali and surf. So they yeah. go down there and they start going to Bali just on vacation. They all start surfing because they grew up, they like snowboard mm-hmm. and ski in the winter. So they're just like, let's start surfing. And then it, over the years, it's become a thing where they all love surfing. So yeah. that's why there's that wave pool there in, in Switzerland. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Russians doing that now too. A lot of Russians migrating down to Bali and picking up surfing. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Again, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, like this is it's such a bizarre time because we've never had this many people worldwide participating in the sport. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thankful that Riding Waves brought us to you, Justin. You're a wonderful, yeah. positive, you know, great filmmaker. And uh, this, you know, hour and 15 that we've spent together has been a lot of fun, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I hope to make it to another uh, yeah. festival in these days and and see you guys and see the movies again there. So I, I love, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, if I'm anytime, out, man, anytime, you know, yeah. we hope you do. And you know, we got, got you taken care of alumni are uh, right at the top of our list for, for uh, taking good care of you. So please come oh, thank back. You. Yeah. Yeah, Feb- yeah. The next yeah. one's uh, February 2nd and 3rd. And uh, the second, if you, if you're at all uh, closed here um, is going to be a really special night. We're showing North shore and yeah. John Philbin's going to be there. Yeah, that's what that's what started this because I got the email from you guys and yeah. I just responded to it because I was like, "That's such a fun movie to see." Like, even if you haven't, even if you've seen it, like, yeah. And then I saw he, Turtle was going to be there. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! That's going to be a fun one." Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have plans to be in Florida, but I might have to make plans to be in Florida. There you <laughs> go. Go on out, man. We'll take good care of you. Yeah, for sure. Cheers, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, Great thanks, to see guys. You, yep. Yeah. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Dude, I had no idea that Justin ended up with such a prolific career in music videos in Hollywood. I know. It uh, caught me off guard. I knew it back then. I had forgotten. 
And, I mean, he uh, threw out some names. Beyonce, Hillary you, Duff, Britney Spears. I mean. That's how you pay your dues. Is, yeah. Uh, that's how you pay your bills. <laughs> pay your bills. Yeah. And, and like, but like, you can tell his work ethic was already there. Cause Absolutely. He, you don't get the, offered that gig without having paid your dues to say, well, you know, let's, let's let Justin have a go at this one. And yeah, um, he took advantage of that and uh, opportunity and used it for our benefit by making an unreal surf documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, just cool to see a guy that got his start with uh, the, the little handy cam and, and filming his buddy surfing and then ends up, you know, behind the camera of like major Hollywood stuff and big time MTV music videos. And it's crazy. I love seeing that. I mean, you, as a surfer, you had to have wondered, how do these things get made? Um, that's what that's kind of what this podcast is here for, is the stories about how some of these surf movies and surf filmmakers get their start. I've always been curious. Are they yeah. all rich kids? Are they all just doing this um, on a shoestring budget and somehow pulling it off? I mean, there's a great mix of both in there, probably. Absolutely. But Justin is, is, um, is the man who started with nothing but a video camera on the beach and down in Coco and yeah. just, you know, filming Slater. Just ha- happened to be filming the greatest surfer yeah. of all time. That didn't hurt. Yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, there's an element of timing in all that too, like, uh, yeah. which is serendipitous. Yeah. He's, he's also like a good guy. And I think as you and I have navigated the waters of the surf industry with this festival, we've realized one thing pretty quickly and that is you you can't be a dick. No. And get away with anything. No. It's all good people that sort of rise to the top with the exception of Chaz Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Chaz. <laughs> we love you, Chaz. No, yeah, he We he, love to he, hate you. He, he is <laughs> he has an incredible heart. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of people out there he's a love or hate kind of guy, but anyway, we just definitely want to know or want you to know that Justin is one of those people that has you know navigated these waters but all the while taking the high road um he's he's definitely got to make tough decisions on a regular basis but sure you don't get all this done without that but he's just a good human and uh, again we're real lucky to have another floridian out there making some unreal content absolutely well dude how dicey would it have been to put the real content from the hobgoods guys that he grew up with these guys are his friends and he's yeah. like you know, opening up the, the closet door and pulling out the skeletons and, yeah. you know, putting a whole aspect of the story on the screen, that, that would be nerve wracking. Cause you'd be like, I don't want to blow my friendship with these How'd guys. How'd you like to talk about your past with your relationships? Negative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that shows how we're CJ and yeah. Damien were at with this project. They gave everything. Yeah. So yeah, it was phenomenal. So thanks so much for the chat, Justin, and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And, thank uh, you. can't wait to see that project that you, alluded to yeah yeah that's gonna <laughs> be right. amazing so. all right like thanks to the sponsors again um we'll just th- throw out a couple because you know pepper a couple into the end here we've got some new sponsors on board in new smyrna beach but um you know a lot of the green room members don't forget you can get a green room membership which is an annual thing and it's a, a rotating thing you don't have to do it at the beginning of the year you can sign up in june and have 12 months of phenomenal uh support of our festival and it's actually a pretty good deal if you start adding up all the numbers it is you get your free yeti with that and your free t-shirt and posters and it's the only way to get a reserved seat yeah exactly so lots more to come we have a potential uh heavy duty announcement coming in uh in june and uh, i think all of you will be excited about it and uh, in the meantime 
come out and enjoy the movies. You won't uh, be able to do that until June as of the release of this podcast. But, uh, yeah, mark it down on your calendars. Father's Day weekend. Father's Day weekend every year, June 14th, 15th. And then we're looking at August 17th, hopefully, but uh, TBD on that. All right. Anything else, John? I think we're good. You! You! Thank you.